this evening, if you wouldn't turn with me to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. 1 John 1 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I've got a bunch of them, but this is one of them. I, I, when I, uh, when I, whenever I read it, I can, I can feel and hear the excitement in John's voice uh, when he talks about the fact that, that he spent time with the Savior. And he knew the Savior personally. And he, he uh, 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 knew about his character and watched him do wonderful things. And uh, particularly down in verse, in verse 3 where it says that that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Uh, he says, listen, we've seen it, we've heard it, we saw him, we spent time with him. And we, we're declaring that unto you. He's just excited about the fact that uh, he had fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the truth of the matter is, all of us can have, all those that are saved can have that kind of fellowship, and we can have it every single day. And uh, uh, so with that in mind, let's all stand together. Name of my message the, this evening is, Don't Social Distance with God. <laughs> we're supposed to, you know, I thought about this. <clears throat> About, uh, what, mm, a month? Say, well, let's say two months ago. Two months ago, we didn't even have the term social distancing in our vocabulary. And now it's a, it's, it, I mean, it'll never go away. <laughs> it just, it'll never go away. But one thing we don't want to do, I, I understand, we're supposed to social distance with each other, and I think that's a wise thing to do. But make sure. Whatever you do, don't social distance with God. Look with me in uh, 1 John chapter 1, look in verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, of the word of life, speaking of the Lord Jesus. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and, sh and show unto you that, that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy might, might, may be full. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask your blessings upon this time together as we look at your word, and we look at the importance of us spending time with you. You know, the amazing thing to me, and it's been amazing since, since uh, when I got saved till this very day, that you want to spend time with us. You want to spend time with me. Uh, Lord, I, I am thankful that I got a God that, des that desires, and you don't need me, but you desire my fellowship. You desire time with me. And Lord, that's, uh, that's up to us to decide that we want to spend time with you. So I pray, Lord, you'd help us to see the importance of, of spending time with our God. Uh, you know, we're in a time right now where folks are pulling out their hair. Folks are fearful. Uh, people are, are, uh, respond, are reacting, really, rather than responding to this whole coronavirus 
The truth of the matter is there is a God in heaven who longs to have fellowship with, with us. He longs to save those that are lost. He longs to have fellowship with those that are already saved. And God, I pray that you'd help us to see the importance of that uh, this evening. And Lord, may our, may our fellowship with you go up a few notches because of what we read in your scriptures today. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen and amen. You may be seated. You know, God, God wants us to be joyful. And you know, I've, I've, heard, I've heard people make comments like, well, God wants, wants his people to have fun. I don't find that anywhere in the scriptures. But I do find that God does want his people to have joy. And, and joy comes from fellowship with God. Look with me in verse, in verse 3 again. It says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, why? That your joy may be full. Uh, he wants us to have fullness of joy, and the way we have fullness of joy is to have fellowship with him. Now, what is fellowship? What does it mean to fellowship? It's more than just knowing someone. Fellowship is companionship. Fellowship is association. It means that we, we uh, uh, associate and we relate to the person that we're spending time with. It means a, a, a state of being together. Uh, some, some words that would be synonyms for fellowship would be communion or intimate familiarity. You know, the truth of the matter is God knows you and God knows me intimately. Here's, here's the question, though, in reverse. How intimately... Do we know our God? How intimately do we have a relationship on a day-by-day -day with our God? Uh, do, you, do you have regular, daily fellowship with God? Now, I did not ask you, do you read your Bible? I did not ask you, do you pray? Because it's possible to read your Bible every day, to pray every day, and yet still not have fellowship with God. It's not, however, possible to have fellowship with God and not pray every day and not spend time in his word every day. But, but it's, it is so important for us to have that fellowship. Uh, in, in, in scriptures, uh, there were two guys that, that come to my mind immediately that had fellowship with God. One was Enoch. The um, Bible says in, in uh, Genesis chapter 5 and verse 24, it says, Enoch walked with God. Uh, he spent time with God. He walked side by side with God. Obviously, uh, it implies that he and God were in, were in agreement together. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5 says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. You know, uh, having fellowship with God means that you're pleasing to God. And, and that, that uh, not only do you want to spend time with him, but he wants to spend time with you. Another example of someone who had 
who had a, a, an, an intimate relationship with God was Abraham. Uh, James chapter 2 and verse 23, it says that Abraham was called a friend of God. Well, it's because, because he spent time with him. It's because that he was, again, in agreement with him. Uh, you, th you think about uh, Moses in the Old Testament. And uh, God, God told his people, he says, you know, uh, Moses, he says, I'll speak to others through dreams and visions. But he says, when I speak to Moses, I speak face to face. He, he went up uh, on the mountain and, and spent 40 days and 40 nights up there. When he came down, particularly when he came down the second time, the Bible says his face glowed. He had to put a veil on his face. Well, why was that? Because he spent time with God. And by the way, when you and I spend time with God, it shows up here. It shows up here. You can tell just by, just by the countenance of people whether or not they've spent time with God. I, I, uh, I read an a, a illustration of a fellow by the name of Harry Ironside. Harry Ironside was a, a, a man who wrote a lot of commentaries on Scripture. He, uh, for a while, was pastor of uh, the Moody Church over in Chicago, and he had, a, he had a particular need. They had a certain amount of money that they had to have, and they had to have it by a, a particular time. And, and sure enough, one day, uh, just, just before the bill was due, just before they needed, them, they needed to have the money, uh, it arrived by mail, and it arrived postmarked three days previous. And uh, the Lord seemed, you know, uh, the Lord seemed to say, "But isn't it nice to be conscious of the fact that that uh, you are close enough to me to know what I'm about to do?" He looked at the postmark and said, "You know, it, it was postmarked three days before, and I just recently asked you for the money. Um, wasn't it already in the mail before I even prayed?" <laughs> And the Lord seemed to speak to his heart and say, yeah, isn't it nice to know that you're so close to me and we have such close communion that you knew ahead of time what I was going to do. Uh, that's, that's fellowship with God. Now, there's, there's some principles that we find in the Word of God that, uh, that, that uh, have to do with our fellowship with him. First principle, turn, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 is the, we often call it the faith hall of fame. It's the faith chapter. When you hear Hebrews 11, you ought to immediately think of one word, and that's the word faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If I want to have fellowship with God, I've got to have faith in God. That, that faith is, is, is a belief which results in implicit trust. If I really have faith in God, then that means I, I have trust in my Lord. The deeper the trust the closer the fellowship. The more I trust him, the more you trust him, the closer you get to God. If, if the trust begins to fail, then the relationship begins to weaken and begins to deteriorate. Uh, a, 
a, a tr uh, things that will, one of the things that will cause deep trouble in our Christian life is is doubting God's love, God, doubting God's protection, doubting God's care, and and the truth of the matter is, you know, throughout Scripture you find that that first of all God has called our Father, second of all. Uh, he's likened on our relationship is a father-son type of relationship. And what God often says is if, if your human father can, can take care of you and desires to take care of you, how much more does your sinless, holy, heavenly father have a desire to take care of you and to watch over you and to make sure that your, your needs are, are fulfilled? Um, trusting can't be based on circumstances. We don't trust God based upon what's happening around us uh, because what's happening around us can vary all the time. We, we, we need to put our implicit trust in God because of his character. You know, the Bible says about Jesus, he says, it says the same, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. His character never changes. Uh, the, the scripture uh, tells us that he is... Uh, uh, over over there in the, the book of James, it says that uh, he neither in him is any shadow of turning. In other words, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't change. He doesn't he, his his character doesn't doesn't uh, uh, take on different forms. He is consistent in that character all the time. Uh, over in in uh, Romans chapter ten and verse seventeen, it says, "Faith cometh by hearing." And hearing by the Word of God. The more we hear the Word of God, the more we read the Word of God, the more we believe God's Word, the more we, we begin to trust Him. And that trust causes our fellowship to deepen. The second thing that is, is uh, essential when it comes to fellowship, take, take your Bibles and turn to the uh, book of Psalms, Psalm 119. Psalm 119. In relation to the Word of God, not only does it allow us to have faith, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, but if we really want and desire to have fellowship with God, what we need to have is a delight in God's Word. One of the things that I've noticed in reading through Psalm 119, and Psalm 119 from stem to stern, from, one, from the beginning to the end of the, of the chapter, it deals with the subject of, of, of delighting in the Word of God. It deals with the Word of God, but also delighting in it. You can just tell, again, this is another one of my favorite chapters, uh, you can just tell by reading Psalm 119 that the psalmist loves the word of God. And he says so. Look with me in verse, verse uh, 16. He says, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Look down in verse uh, 24. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Uh, verse 35. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight? He's saying, listen, please, God, please tell me what to do. 
That's really what he's saying. He's saying, make me go in the way of your commandments. And he said, the reason why is because I just delight in your book. I delight in your commands. Down in verse 47, he says, and I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. You know, so oftentimes we, we, we uh, hear people talk about their love for the word of God. But do you love to have God tell you what to do? Do you love to have God give you commandments? Do you, do you love to, to, to have God uh, give you direction? Uh, and he'll do all of that in, in his word. Down in verse 77, he says, Let thy tender mercies come unto me, that I may live, for thy law is my delight. And then down in verse 174, Verse 174, down toward the end of the chapter, he says, I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Uh, the, the more I delight in his word, and the more I, I delight in obedience to that word, the more I'm going to find myself having fellowship and a closeness with God. Look, look back at verse uh, 35. Verse 35. Verse 35 says, Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Down in verse 47, he says, And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. The more I delight in God telling me what to do and giving me direction and giving me help on a day-by-day -day basis, the closer I'm going to get to God. Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. In John 14, look down in verse 21. John 14, 21. Jesus is speaking here and he says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now, it's one thing to have his commandments. It's another thing to keep his commandments. And he says, says, not only should we have them, but we ought to keep them. And if we keep them, we love him. And if we love him, he'll love us. And then it says he'll manifest himself to us. What does it mean to manifest? To manifest means to make clearly visible. You know what God desires? God desires for you to see him in every single area of your life. Uh, he's there, but we have, to, we have to be able to comprehend it. we got to be able to see it. And the way we see it is by delighting in his word, by obeying his word, by keeping his word. And as we do that, we get close to God. We get close to God. You know, you, you think about it this way. Uh, when, when it comes to uh, child-parent relationships, who is it that is, that is uh, uh, closest to their parents? An obedient child or a disobedient child? Well, that's, that's pretty simple. Obviously, the obedient child is closer. And the reason why is because that obedience causes a bond between the, the parent and the child. Well, it's the same way with us and God. The more obedient we are to God, 
the closer we get to God. Another, another principle of fellowship. I, go with me to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. In James 4, I want you to look with me down in verses 7 and 8. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh unto you, nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Fellowship involves us making the first move. You know, uh, the Bible says about, about us loving God, we love God because why? Well, he first loved us. He took the initial step by dying on the cross and, and, and becoming the sacrifice for our sin. Now that we're saved, now that we've trusted him as Savior, God says, if you want to be close to me, you have to make the first move. He says, if you'll draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh unto you. Uh, I can't develop a meaningful relationship with somebody that I refuse to talk to. I can't develop a meaning relationship with someone I refuse to listen to. If you don't have communication, you really don't have a relationship. And, and you know, that's important in uh, parent-child relationships. That's important in friendships. That's important in husband-wife relationships. Folks, that's important with our relationship with God. There's got to be not just one way, but a two-way communication. We need to talk to him, and he needs to talk to us. Well, of course, he talks to us through his word, not through dreams, not through visions, not by from eating too much pizza the night before, but it's, it's through just simply spending time with God, reading his word, and then turning around and talking to him. Um, think of the of the process. If if you've got a best friend, and I've got I've got several of them, but I got one in particular. Outside of my wife, uh, my my best male friend is Pastor Harley Keck. Uh, we've we've known each other now for years, and I, and I love him dearly. And he's a he's he's really been a true friend over the years. But I got to thinking about how was it that he and I developed a relationship with each other. He just recently. Uh, I think it was last, yeah, last week, last week, last Saturday, a week ago, uh, yesterday, he celebrated his 80th birthday. And uh, uh, I, I uh, was asked, uh, anybody who knew him was asked to, to write a little note to him. And, and so I get ready to write the note, and I hate to write. I mean, I just, he, he needs to take that thing, put it in a gold frame, and he needs to frame it, really. Uh, but... <clears throat> Uh, I, I, was, I was asking the Lord, Lord, what, uh, what should I write? And my memory went back to one of the, the first really close, uh, close memory where, where God started to draw our hearts together. We went, uh, we, he and I were both associate pastors of a church in Green Bay that doesn't even exist anymore. And uh, it was before we started First Bible Baptist Church. And he uh, was asked by the man who was the pastor to go make an apology to somebody. And so he didn't want him to make it alone, so he says, I want you to go with him. So I went with him. 
I'll never forget going to that door, knocking on the door. The lady came to the door. We were never invited in. Uh, he made the apology. He said, do you forgive me? She said, no, I do not forgive you and will not forgive you. And he looked at her and said, why? Is, is it something I've done? I, is, it, is it something with me? He says, she says, no, you'll just do it again, so why should I forgive you now? And I remember the countenance, the look on his face. And he was, I mean, really, it, it knocked him for a loop. We turned around and we went back to the car. We, we got in the car and he, he just kind of sat there for a second. And I said, well, I says, that was different, wasn't it? <laughs> and he says, yeah, it most certainly was. He says, I've never had anything happen like that before. And we, we just started to talk back and forth. It was at that moment, I think, that really the bond started to be made between the two of us. But, but I, I got to thinking about what, whether it's him or whether it's any other friends that I have, how did I develop that closeness? What was it that made me close to my, my friend? Well, first of all, you took time. If, if you're close to somebody, it's because you took time to be with them. And you decided to do it. Because, if you know, it, with friendship, it, it, it takes two. Uh, if somebody wants to be with you, but you don't want to be with that somebody, you won't be, <laughs> okay? And you, you, will, you will social distance, and it has nothing to do with the coronavirus. <laughs> you just don't want to be around him. So you have to make the de decision, and you have to make time to be with them. And secondly, when they, they talk, you will listen. You know, you think about the close relationship. I've had, I've had relationships with people that really didn't want to hear anything I had to say, but just simply wanted me to be their audience. You know what I find? I find I can't get really close to people like that. They just want to do all the talk, and there's no give and take back and forth. So what I need to do on my part in order to have a close friendship with someone is not only to take time to be with them, but listen to them and, 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 and spend time paying attention to them. Then, then the third thing is uh, if you're going to get close to somebody, you talk to them about things that are, are dear to your heart. If you're going to get close to somebody, you're going to have to open that, that heart up. You're going to have to let them see at least a little glimpse of the real you on the inside. And as that, as that familiarity starts to develop, you get closer to that individual. Um, another thing that, that I've done whenever I have made close friendships with people, I've involved them in my life. They, are, they become a part of my life. Uh, just uh, this last week, I had the opportunity to uh, within the last week or so, to talk to Larry, Larry Ingalls. And Larry, Brother Ingalls has become a, a, just a real good friend. He's one of my best friends today. And uh, it, whenever we get on the phone and start to talk, it's like we, it's like we, never, we never skipped a beat. Uh, there was, there, like, like, like there was no time that lapsed between the last time we talked and, and, and that time. And, uh, uh, you know, we just, we, just, we just hit it off. Uh, you know why that is, though? I, and I had forgotten this, but I, I, I sat down and I thought about this a little bit. Um, there were times that I have involved myself in his life, and there are times that he has involved himself in my life. 
Um, he was the guy that, that uh, really got on me about making a missions trip. And I, I did not, boy, years ago when I first started pastoring this church, I no more wanted to make a missions trip than the man on the moon. Uh, I, I, you know, and I looked at that thing, and, and I like to travel. I, I really do. But the reason why I didn't want to make the trip is I, I said, you know, uh, that money, I mean, you're talking about, you made several trips, you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. And I said, you know, I think the missionary could use that money more than they could use me. And he looked at me and he says, you're exactly wrong with that statement. He says, because the truth of the matter is, those missionaries are lonely over there. They love to have fellowship. You can be an encouragement to them like you cannot be any other way just by showing up on their doorstep. So I made in 2001, I made my very first overseas missions trip, went to, you know, what can I say? When I do something, I, I, don't, I don't do a small little deal. I do a big one. So we went to Russia. Uh, and uh, I had the opportunity to go to meet a missionary in Poland, uh, to meet a missionary in Belarus, and then to eventually go over, over to Russia. But, but uh, I, I involved myself in his life because that's his ministry. Then back when I had, I believe it was when I had back surgery, that uh, uh, Brother Ingalls uh, spent some time here and he preached. He preached when I couldn't preach. And that's happened several different times. Uh, when when uh, I've gotten sick or, or, some, or whatever, that he's been, he's been around, he's been in the area. And so you involve yourself in that person's life. And then the last thing that in order to get, make a close relationship with someone, you did things with them and for them. You, you spent time with them, you did things with them, but you also did things for them. You put some investment into them, whether it be time or money or both. And uh, the Bible says, where, uh, where, your treasure, where, uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So fellowship involves us making the first step and getting involved in a relationship. We have to pursue that relationship with God. As soon as we make the first step, he gets close to us. We draw nigh to him. He will always. And I mean, that's, a, that's more than just a, a principle. I believe that's a promise. You draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. I, I remember a, a, I was in Springfield, Missouri. I was going to Bible college at the time. And I went past a, a church marquee. And it said, if you feel far from God, guess who moved? I thought, man, that's good. That's good. If, if, I, if I'm going to get close to God, I've got to make the move. If I feel far away from God, it's because I made the move in the other direction. Another, another principle of fellowship is that fellowship is knowing I have God's undivided attention, and I'm assured of it. Uh, go with me to Psalm 34. It's knowing that I have God's undivided attention. And I believe that. Psalm 34, look with me down in verse 4. Psalm 34, 4 says, I besought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Uh, verse 6, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. 
Uh, down to verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. In other words, he's, he's, he's desiring to hear from you. And then verse 17 through 19, it says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Fellowship is knowing that I have God's undivided attention. Aren't you glad God never puts you on hold? Aren't you glad when you go to God and you pray, you never, you never get voicemail? Uh, it's because God has a desire to listen to you. He has a desire to spend time with us. God is never too busy to hear from one of his children. Never too busy. Um, when, when Elijah went up against the prophets of Baal, and, and I, I get a kick out of that story. You know, they had, they had two altars, the prophets of Baal, uh, put an altar up to the, their God and, and uh, made a sacrifice. And, and uh, Elijah did the same thing. And they went first. And nothing happened. They're crying out to their God. And absolutely nothing took place. And this is what Elijah said. He said, cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth. And must be awaked. I get a kick out of it because what he was doing was he was mocking them. He was saying, listen, you only think you have a God. You don't have a God at all. And he could say that with confidence because he knew as soon as he opened his mouth and made a petition to his God, his God would hear him. <laughs> you know, you and I have that same confidence if we desire to have it. Because that's the attitude that our God has toward us. He has, he, 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 when we begin to speak, we have his undivided attention. He wants to hear us. Fellowship is also understanding that I can't hide anything from my God. Go with me to, to Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. This is one of the, the verses that when our kids were, were small and we wanted them to understand that when they did something wrong, they not only disobeyed mom and dad, but they also disobeyed God, and that God knew it. And in, in uh, Proverbs 15, down in verse 3, it says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. That just simply means that, that uh, everything that you do, God knows about. It's, it's understanding you can't hide a thing from your God. Uh, go with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 28. Put one finger in, in 1 Chronicles 28 and another one in Psalm 44. 1 Chronicles 28 and Psalm 44. 1 Chronicles 28, look with me in verse 9. It says, And thou, Solomon, my son, this is David speaking, know, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts. 
and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. So again, what God's saying here is that, that the ball's in our court. If, if we want to get close to him, we can get close to him. If we don't want to, uh, he won't get close to us. We draw nigh to God, and God will draw nigh to us. Go to, to uh, Psalm 44. It also says that, that he knows our thoughts and he knows our hearts. Psalm 44, verses 20 and 21. If we have forgotten the name of our God or stretched, stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. There's nothing that you can hide from God. Uh, you know, you, you look back at, uh, at Adam and Eve and when they sinned. Um, you know, it says that, that Adam, went, Adam and Eve went and they hid themselves. You know, we, we laugh at that and we, we look at that and say, well, what, what fools they were, thinking that they could actually hide from God. But sometimes we're, we're just as foolish. We think that God doesn't know the, the desires and the intents of, of our own heart. And if something is bothering you, let the Lord know. Um, lately, I've, I've just been getting a, a super blessing out of the book of Psalms. And I'll, I'll be very frank with you. There are times when the book of Psalms bores me in tears. I'm, so, I'm sorry, but there are times when it just doesn't really strike a chord. Well, I'll tell you what, the last the few weeks, it's, it really uh, struck a chord with me. And one of the things I've noticed about the book of Psalms, and you see this over and over and over again, that uh, the psalmist just pours out his heart. If he's doubting God, he tells God. If he says, you know, if he, if he thinks he doesn't hear him, he tells him so. You say, well, isn't that, isn't that being disrespectful to God? No, it's being honest to him. It's being honest. Now, don't be disrespectful. And I don't think David was ever disrespectful to God. But, but uh, I, I noticed this, and you see this pattern throughout all the Psalms. Anytime he starts out a Psalm like that, he never ends the Psalm like that. Never, never, never. Every time he starts out like that, by the time he's done, because he's poured his heart out to him, God gives him confidence that he's listening. God gives him confidence that he knows what's happening. God gives him confidence that, uh, that he knows that he hears his cry. And uh, he, he ends every one of those psalms with rejoicing. You know, if something's bothering you, verbalize it to God. Truth of the matter is, he knows it anyway. Be open with him. Be honest with him. And think about this. The people that you are the closest to are the people that you've been the most open with. The people that you, are, uh, you feel the, the, the strongest bond with are, are the people that you have opened your heart to. Well, you want to get close to God? You're going to have to open your heart. You want to get close to God? You're going to have to verbalize your frustrations. You're going to have to talk to him about those things that bother you the most. Uh, go to... Go to uh, 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 Psalm 13 with me, if you would. Back up just a little bit to Psalm 13. Psalm 13. In Psalm 13, look in verses 1 through 3. 
This is an example of what I was just talking about. It says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Now, go back to verse 1. Did, he, did God forget him? No, of course not. Uh, did, was God hiding his face? Well, he wasn't allowing him to, to see him, but, but he was there and he was concerned for him. And he just didn't know it. Look how, look how he ends the, the, uh, uh, the, the psalm. In verse 5, he says, But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. You know, uh, fellowship is knowing that you can tell God everything. Not only that you do uh, confess your, your, your frustrations with God and understand you can't hide anything from God, but knowing that you can tell him everything. You're not going to shock the Lord. <laughs> You're not going to surprise him. He knows, he knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows your frustrations. There, there are things that literally that we can tell God that we might not want to tell anyone else, but we can tell the Lord and we can trust him as, as, we, as we speak to him and as we pour out our hearts. Another thing about fellowship is that fellowship demands confession. Go to Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59, look down in verse 2. Isaiah 59, verse 2. Now let's go to verse 1. Let's get it in context. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. Here's, here's the important, important principle. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. Fellowship demands confession because sins and iniquities separate us from our God. Now, that doesn't mean that every time you sin, you lose your salvation. There's two bonds that are made uh, at, the, at the moment that we trust Jesus Christ as Savior. The first bond is the bond of fellowship, or excuse me, the bond of sonship. The second bond is the bond of fellowship. One bond is breakable, the other one is unbreakable. The, the unbreakable bond is sonship. Uh, as soon as you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, you become a child of God, and you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Uh, there's nothing that will ever change that relationship. But then there's also a bond that's formed between us and God called fellowship. And the thing that breaks the fellowship bond is sin. And that's, that's why God tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We started this message this, this evening uh, in 1 John chapter 1. And what's 1 John chapter 1 all about? It's all about our fellowship, our fellowship with him. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Because of his faithfulness, because of his justness, you can be assured that your sins will be forgiven if you confess them to him. Another thing about fellowship is fellowship involves gratitude. Go to Philippians chapter 4.
Philippians 4. Fellowship involves gratitude. Philippians chapter 4 and, and verse 6. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Uh, we, need to be, we need to be grateful to our God. We need to adore Him. We need to praise Him and show Him gratefulness for what He's done for us. And uh, when we do that, and when we, when we lay our request before God, when we pour out our heart, and then we show Him our gratitude, notice what happens down in verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's that peace that God gives us when we're honest to God, when, we're, when we pour out our heart to Him, but when we're also grateful to Him and thank Him for the things that He's already done for us, and God gives us that peace which passes all understanding. And then the, the, last, the last thing, that, that as far as a principle of fellowship is, fellowship occurs when we are personal and specific in, in our request to God. And again, going back to verse 6, it says, In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests... Be made known unto God. Don't be general with God. Be specific with God. Uh, anything you're concerned about, talk to him about it. Anything that you desire, ask him for it. The things that you desire for other people, pour out your heart to him. Let him know where you're at. Uh, and, and take others to prayer, you know. Uh, when I say take others to prayer, I don't mean pray with them. Pray for them and pray for their needs. Um, you, ought, you ought to even have a burden for people that don't like you. You ought to have a burden for people that, you know, that uh, you are, are at odds with. And, you know, when, when our heart changes in those areas, we become more and more like him. And because we're more like him, we get closer to him. And, and again, the result is verse 7. The peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. Do you pray? Do you read your Bible? And do you have fellowship with God? You can be praying. You can be reading. You can be attending church services, whether it be here or whether it be in your home. And you can be just as far away from God as you can possibly be. That in and of itself is not fellowship. We need to have a close relationship with God. When was the last time you just had a good, sweet, great time with your God? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I pray that you'd help us to see the importance tonight of fellowship with you. I'm glad that you are my God. I'm glad that you are my Savior. I am glad and thrilled that you saved my soul and that you're involved in my life on a day-by-day -day basis. But God, it's my responsibility to have fellowship with you every day and to grow that relationship. Lord, you are always available. God, I, you have never pushed me off. You have never ignored me. And you, you never will because I'm your child.
God, that's true of every one of us that's born again, that's saved. Uh, you know, we're, we're in a time right now where a lot of things are consuming our hearts and consuming our minds. And uh, honestly, Lord, right now, life has become, on, on one hand, it's become more simple, but on the other hand, it's also become more complicated. And what can happen is we can get so, so caught up with everything that's going on that we just don't spend time with you. Lord, the truth of the matter is, because we can't go places, because we can't do things right now, we ought to be cultivating our relationship with our Father more than we ever have before. We've got all the time to do it. But Lord, it, it depends upon our desire. If we'll draw nigh to you, you'll draw nigh to us. That's a promise. Work on our hearts this evening. And God, speak to our hearts about what kind of a relationship do we have with our God. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.